Hi, I'm Wendy Francis, nutrition therapist, emotional eating expert, and entrepreneur. I've helped countless people overcome their obsession with food and weight. Isn't it time you overcame what you had become and ignite who you were meant to be? Your time to become an overcomer starts now. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Overcoming Your Emotional Eating. In today's episode, I talk specifically about hunger, how you feel it, where you feel it, why you feel it, what you can do about it if you don't know whether you're feeling hungry or not, and then how to stop eating when you're ready to push away from the table. It's something that's imperative. It's a core issue to all of our eating issues, regardless of whether you undereat, overeat, emotionally eat, or don't eat. Very important. So take a listen. And if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Thanks for listening. Tonight, I'm going to be speaking about a, kind of a, what I call a core key concept to eating. Because the truth is, when it comes to eating, in whichever way we're trying to eat, and there's, there's been so many ways over the last 50 years or so, and we could realistically go back. I was actually astounded when I worked on a certification recently, kind of the history of, of diets and dieting goes way back. I mean, centuries and centuries. Uh, but we know that, you know, in the last hundred years, it's really ramped up and we've taken things different ways and different scientific approaches. But one of the core key concepts of eating is hunger and fullness. I mean, when we get to the basics of things, we have to look at physiologically, is our body giving us the signal that it needs to when it needs to. And if it doesn't, what do you do? If you can't feel hunger or you don't feel hunger, or maybe you don't feel fullness, realistically, whatever you're eating can be out of balance because your body is not giving you the signals to do it. Mother Teresa, I love this quote. I love Mother Teresa. And I love this quote said so eloquently the hunger for love is much more difficult to remove than the hunger for bread. She, in fact, knew what I talk about so much around the emotional eating component. She's not necessarily talking about hunger and fullness, but we do hear that element of emotional eating in that amazing quote by Mother Teresa. And so we look at hunger and fullness. So many people have heard about it in, in different ways. In the 80s, it was really begun to be talked about in the early 80s. And it kind of took off then uh, in the late 80s through the 90s about really talking to people about do they feel hungry? What the, what's their hunger like? Do they feel full? And many people just started to look at it from a physiological perspective and the truth is, I actually look at hunger and fullness as a combination of emotional and physical, because we can crave for something emotionally 
and really feel that hunger or that hole deep down. We can also have issues with distinguishing hunger and fullness because we have some emotional perspective of things going on. We can also not delineate that because maybe there's some physiological things that are disenabling us from feeling hunger. Or maybe we feel hunger too much. I actually had a woman on this call a few weeks ago who was taking a medication that initiated hunger. And there really are some medications out there. And there are some things you can do to help yourself, to give yourself some external boundaries to help yourself with that patterning that happens with an additional medication. But when I look at hunger and fullness, I look at it as an eating boundary. Boundaries are this kind of buzz word, and they come up every so often. They're back in the buzz term now, lots of people talking about boundaries. Boundaries really are the no and the yes of our lives. That's how I look at a boundary. What do we say no to, and what do we say yes to, and what do we stand strong on in that line? So I look at hunger and fullness as our eating boundary. And I actually devised uh, a new course that we have on my website called E3, End Your Emotional Eating, where I dive into hunger and fullness for a full module. Um, But I wanted to bring you some, some excerpts from that because it's really important learning. And I think we don't talk about it enough. When are you hungry? When are you full? What is hunger like for you? It's not a a term that many people, when we look at eating boundaries, most people don't put boundary and food or boundary and eating together. But I do, and I have for a really long time in my practice, because I absolutely believe hunger and fullness is our definitive boundary line. That's what it is. When are you hungry? When do you draw the line to say yes to eat? And then when you full, and when do you draw the line to say no to stop? So eating boundaries are not really a term that many people are familiar with, but I really feel like if we look at hunger and fullness like a boundary, like a yes and a no, it helps you to understand where you are. I also recognize that when we have issues with boundaries in our life, you will, in fact, have issues with boundaries, with hunger and fullness in your food. That's the case. We know that life and food are congruent. Maybe you don't, but I do. And I've seen it for years, starting out more around the nutrition aspect and then weaving my way into the psychology of things and then kind of doing this dance for the rest of my career. I absolutely recognize that our life and our food are congruent and how we manage and what our eating personality is can show you a lot about how you manage your food. It's the same way with hunger and fullness. So what kind of boundaries do you draw with hunger and fullness? And then how do you draw those boundaries in life? What we know is boundaries around food for most of us would be defined by our hunger and fullness. And we do know that these can go awry, right? Regardless of how you're taught to eat, whether you're trying to eat paleo or keto or anti-inflammatory or, or, or whatever, 
right? All of these things, I mean, gosh, the list could go on and on and on of all these different ways. But with, in whatever way you're trying to eat, if you are not acknowledging your hunger and fullness and you're not working on that, you're not understanding your boundary around that physiologically and psychologically, you will wind up with, a, with, a, with an issue because that is the core crux of our eating. It's really important to understand what your hunger and fullness boundaries are. And so one of the ways that I've worked with clients over the years is really looking at developing a number scale on your hunger and fullness. If you know that this is an issue for you, if you know you're awry with when, you know, are you feeling hunger and then getting to a, a nice kind of easy level of hunger and not starving and then eating to match that hunger pattern to a level of fullness where you then gently push away from the table and move on with your day? Well, the reality is, is then you could use, if you don't do that, you could use some help with your hunger and fullness scale. So I always started with clients with looking at a hunger and fullness scale. And I like to do it on a scale of zero to 10. If you're driving and you're listening, do not write this down. Re-listen on the podcast, re-listen to the recording. But if you're home, what I do is I will have somebody write down all the numbers on the left-hand side of a page, zero to 10. Zero, looking at that as a, kind of the definitive line in the sand of I'm starving, I'm gonna pass out, I can't go on anymore, <laughs> my blood sugar is low, right? And we look at a 10 of I'm stuffed to the gills, I can't eat anymore, I've gotta get in a different pair of pants. I always laugh because that in fact has happened to me uh, at certain um, instances that I've been to with some family members who actually bring a second set of pants to Thanksgiving meal because they would get in that second set of pants, which is super cute. But that would definitely be a 10, right? If you've got to get into a different set of pants and you're super full, that would be your 10. Now, there's, there's lots of then increments in between there, five then being your middle ground, which is I'm totally satisfied. I, I don't feel hunger. I don't feel full. I feel perfect. That's your five. But then you see you've got some other numbers in there. And just beginning to write down how your body feels at a one or a three or a seven can help you start to really understand how your body presents its hunger physically. Psychologically, a different story. Right now, we're just kind of sitting in the physical boundary. So how does your body present that physical hunger? Is it a little gnawing? You know, at, at, at four, let's just say, it's, it's, you know, satisfied, but there's still a little bit of gnawing, a little bit more that I feel like I want to have, a little bit of rumble in my stomach still, versus one where, you know, you might not feel like you want to pass out, but your stomach's really rumbly. You've, you know, you definitely feel like it's time that you need to get something in your system. So you can see how you can play with those numbers and at least get an idea of how your body is presenting physically on that number scale. Now, I recognize that you might not get all the numbers, 
sometimes I'll have people kind of lump things together. So, you know, a seven and an eight kind of feels like this. And then a 10 feels like this. And then a nine would be that. So I, I get that we're not really used to looking at our hunger so specifically. But it will radically help you to understand your body and the cues that it's giving you. Because so often I found when I'm working with clients is that, you know, we've overridden those signals for years. And some people years and years, some people most of their life, they were taught, oh, you're hungry, drink some water. Well, okay, that might be true. You could be dehydrated. I understand the science behind that. That could be true. So drink some water and wait a little bit and get a sense of what your body's really telling you, right? So, but I get how often we've been taught to override it, override our hunger, override our fullness. And so we may not be cued into our awareness of how our body really feels in hunger or fullness anymore. And so when we're born, our hunger and fullness is very similar to like a dimmer switch. It's a little bit hungry and then a little bit hungrier and then a little bit hungrier and then a little bit hungrier and then all really hungry and then wow, super hungry, right? It's like a dimmer switch. What happens as we get older and either we learn about environmental cues that we can't eat when we're hungry because we're in school or we're doing this or our parents say no or whatever that is, or we get older and we tell ourselves no, or conversely, right, that we push ourselves through on the fullness scale because we're in something psychological or something emotional, so we push ourselves through on the, on the fullness scale that the reality is, is that dimmer switch breaks. It starts to break down and it moves more to that clicking dimmer switch that was in like old or homes. I've seen them some, right? So you got that clicking dimmer switch. And then essentially, if you don't tend to your hunger and fullness, your body, if you don't tend to your body and how it's presenting that information, then the truth is it becomes an on off in the extreme. So either I'm super hungry, I'm going to faint, I'm going to fall down. Or, oh my God, I've just overeaten. I can't breathe. I can't feel anything because I'm so over full. So understanding your levels of hunger and fullness can help you tremendously. Because then you can set your boundaries you can really start to get a little bit cognitive to teach yourself, okay, so I'm not going to let myself get past a two or past an eight. Those are my boundaries. And you get to set yours, right? But I'm just throwing those numbers out there because they're kind of around that middle zone-ish, right? So I'm not going to get hungrier than a two. And when I get to that two, I'm going to kind of do that stop so that I eat. I'm going to make that boundary that I stop and I'm going to eat. And then what quantity is right for a two based on that level of hunger for you? What foods do your body need to be nourished? What helps that hunger pattern start to quell? Because what happens in all of this when we don't know our limits and our boundaries cognitively 
Your brain doesn't speak to the internal awareness of your hunger in fullness. And your ability to set those boundaries based on how you feel inside your body is so limited. So over the course of time, we lose perspectives on hunger and fullness. We lose perspectives on numbers, so to speak. And we lose that boundary. And we wind up going in our head when it comes to hunger and fullness. It sounds more like, I should eat right now. It's 6 o'clock. Or, I should stop eating. Or, I shouldn't eat this. And then we move into shame. And then begins the spiral, the psychological spiral, that disenables you from creating a physical boundary. So once you have those, the reality is, once you have those numbers, you can at least stay out of those shoulds and move more into the cognitive parameter of, okay, here's what these numbers feel like. Here's where I'm going to start eating. Here's where I'm going to stop eating. Now, therein lies the issue for many, many of my clients, and that's where the poetic pause comes in. And we give you two ways to look at this poetic pause. This is something that I talk about in the E3 End Your Emotional Eating course. Because so often people will say, you know, once I start, I just can't stop because I get so hungry. Or maybe they move into an emotional spin, either one. And so there's two techniques I'd like for people to try to practice when it comes to stopping what you began, right? So stopping that eating. First and foremost, the poetic pause, the moment or moments before you even begin eating, you know you're hungry and maybe you know you're over hungry. Maybe you know you're at a zero. And just by taking a 30-second pause before you begin eating allows you to slow down your breath, to regulate that so that you can move into that eating experience differently. I am learning more and more about breath because I'm studying some new techniques and understanding what our breath does and how it actually impacts our vagus nerve is astounding. So if you take that 30 to 60 second pause before you even begin eating and just focus on taking a few deep breaths, you can change the course of events that occurs as you're eating. That pause will help you reset. That pause will help you calm down. And by changing our breathing, we can learn that we change our breath, our anxiety patterns without using food. Because you see, when we use food to change our anxiety patterns, which happens for a lot of people, we then have to rely on the food as opposed to rely on the breath. And we know that when it comes to anxiety or stress, the breath is our key to shift our vagus nerve, to slow ourselves down, and to reduce the level of cortisol output that we are in. Second, second way you can try. So if you can use the poetic pause on the front end, you can't or you don't. The second thing you can do to stop eating once you've begun is what I call the five second rule. 
So maybe you're in the process of eating and you know that you've gone down the wrong road. You know that you're in a place of this tastes really good. I want to eat more. I can't stop. I haven't had this in forever. I won't give myself this for another week or five years or whatever it is. And you know you're in that space of not being able to stop. So when your brain and body are moving fast, Many people move into the shoulds. Oh, I should stop right now. Oh, I shouldn't eat anymore. Oh, I should. Oh, I should. And all that does is move you into shame cycle, moves you out of your body, moves you out of any kind of tracking at all. So if in fact you can stay out of those shoulds and just use this five second rule, you can stay cognitive and it will enable you to be empowered in that moment. So here's how our brain works. A lot of times when we're in a fast moving thing and we try and just stop, It's very difficult for our brain and our body to line up when it comes to that. But if you give yourself a five-second countdown, you can help yourself start to put the brakes on before you even get up. So here's how it would look. Okay, I know I need to stop eating this. Done a little bit too much. I can feel myself getting full. I'm going to stop. And I'm going to put the spoon down and put the ice, key, ice cream in the refrigerator again in five, four, three, two, one, go. Up you go. What we know from research is that that works. And there's a number of reasons why psychologically that works, but it works. So instead of just trying to should yourself up from the table, Try the backwards momentum of five, four, three, two, one, go, move into an action orientation away from the table and see if that helps you become more empowered in that hunger and fullness protocol. I could go on and on when it comes to hunger and fullness because it really is such a core component of our eating, regardless of what food we're eating. You've got to rely on hunger and fullness because that's what our humanness is. And it really is our core crux of eating. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend, rate, review, and subscribe. You never know who you'll help become the next overcomer.